Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I am your teacher and host, Eddie Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me today as we continue talking about characteristics of a heaven-sent revival. And I know every day it's so important. I am drawing a distinction between a revival that is worked up. And it is really, in in many situations, uh, Christian entertainment has been mistaken for revival. There's nothing wrong with good Christian entertainment, but what is what is sad is when we call it a revival. A revival is a heaven-sent rev- uh, work of the Holy Spirit that awakens a sleeping, slumbering church and individual Christians, uh, renews the love and passion for the Lord, the love and passion to reach out to the world, and a desire to see people change, to see culture change, and to see people glorifying and honoring the Lord. Now, I read some uh, quotes from R.A. Torrey along these lines. R.A. Torrey was a Many years ago, he was the pastor of Moody Bible Church, also the president of Moody Bible Institute, was an associate of the famous uh, preacher D.L. Moody. But R.A. Torrey became a very successful revivalist in his own right, had some, some great, saw great moves of the Holy Spirit in different parts of the world. And uh, his book on prayer, I highly, highly recommend his uh, his books, his teachings on prayer, very powerful. But here's a quote that I, I will use in relation to this distinction that I'm making between revival that is worked up from below and re- and revival that is heaven sent, that is prayed down. R.A. Torrey says, the most fundamental trouble with most of our present day so-called revivals is that they are man-made and not God-sent. They are worked up, I almost said faked up, by man's cunningly devised machinery, not prayed down. Wow. So, we're going to continue talking today about the kind of prayer that brings real revival. When I went through the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven characteristics of revival praying. Um, it's intense, it's focused, it's bold, it's persistence, it's it's in faith, it's empowered by the Spirit, and it's attentive in that it listens to God. Now, we're going to start with that first characteristic, intense prayer. Prayer that is going to be effective before God must be intense. That doesn't mean that it's loud. Intense prayer can be very quiet prayer, but it is a prayer that is sincere and earnest and means business with God. Let me read you uh, an example in the Old Testament of earnest prayer that was a quiet, silent prayer. And this is the story of the birth of Samuel, the the, the great prophet in Israel. and. Um, of course, this was before the general outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all of God's people. At this time, the Holy Spirit was confined only to certain privileged individuals such as 
certain kings and judges and certain prophets. And uh, at this time, there was there was no prophetic voice in Israel. Uh, the the people were in a in a very uh, unusual and uh, sad state of affairs. The Holy Spirit had not raised up anyone, but he he would do so, and it would come out of a sincere, intense prayer of a woman named Hannah. And Hannah, she was married to a man by the name of of uh, his name was Elkanah, I believe it is. I'm looking at my yeah, Elkanah. I believe is probably how you would pronounce it. He actually had two wives. And by the way, let me just throw this in. Um, every, everything the Bible describes, I'm sorry, everything the Bible describes, it does not prescribe. And when we see accounts of people like Elkanah or even David and Abraham having more than one wife or having a concubine, the writer is describing things that they are in a sinful fallen world. Now, such was not the case before Genesis 3, before the fall. We see that marriage was between one man and one woman. But after our first parents rebelled against God and went their own way and opened the door to Satan and sin, then we see things like, in the Old Testament, things like polygamy. And uh, we see people with more than one wife. The biblical writer is not saying that's okay. He's simply describing things that as they are in a sinful fallen world. Interestingly, by the time we get to the New Testament, we do not see any polygamy in the New Testament because they had they had discovered that it wasn't healthy, it did not work, and, and perhaps they had come to realize that the real model for uh, husband and wife relationships was found in Genesis 1 and 2 before sin entered into the world. But nevertheless, that's a little side issue that I will leave with you. Um, and, and if you want to read more about this, get my wife's book, um, In the Spirit, We're Equal. It's on our website, eddiehype.com. It's also on Amazon, In the Spirit, We're Equal. Be sure you get the second edition. Okay, so so Hannah did not have any children. And the other wife did have children. And she, she mocked... Uh, Hannah and poked fun at her and uh, ridiculed her. And what a terrible thing to do. And so she was deeply distressed. And they went up to Jerusalem to the temple. And while she was there, she, she went into prayer. Now, let me just read this. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 1, starting at verse 9. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. That's where the temple was, the, the tabernacle. This is before the building of the temple. But the tabernacle that Moses had built was at Shiloh. Now, Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Wow. He was in bitterness of soul and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts. So she's praying. She's weeping in anguish and bitterness of soul. If you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, 
and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, and I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. Man, th th folks, this is an intense prayer. Now, here's what's interesting that we're going to find about this prayer. Listen. It says, and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Listen to this. Now, Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. <laughs> Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. She's described as being in bitterness of soul and weeping in anguish, but not making any noise. Oh, but it's such an intense prayer that God responds to her prayer. Wow. And she, who had not been able to conceive and, and, and bear children, Right after this, she conceives and she bears a son. And according to her promise, she takes him to the temple and leaves him at the temple, gives him to the Lord. So he's brought up at the tabernacle of the Lord by the priest. Wow. And becomes Samuel, prophet. Intense prayer will, will give birth to real prophetic ministry that comes forth by the Holy Spirit. Intense prayer that Hannah prayed. It wasn't loud. wasn't boisterous. It was a quiet prayer, but prayed out of the depths of her heart. Oh, my friends, that kind of prayer will bring heaven on the scene. Intense prayer. So a characteristic of revival praying is prayer that is intense. Now, we're going to stop there, and we're going to continue talking. I, I have another example about intense prayer, maybe a couple of examples to share with you tomorrow. But all oh, how we need to pray prayers that are sincere, earnest, passionate, right out of our heart. Just talk to God right out of your heart. You don't have to be formal. You don't have to, to have some certain religious-sounding words. The prayer that God hears is prayer that's poured forth out of our hearts with sincerity, earnestness, and function. Lord, we thank you that you still hear cries, prayers of your people that are prayed in, in sincerity and faith. We thank you, God, for sending new Jesus revolution, a new awakening upon America, upon Canada, upon Ireland, upon Uganda, upon, upon Pakistan, the nations of the world, God. Thank you for visiting us once again with your presence and power in Jesus' name. Check out my website, eddiehyatt.com. A lot of books there on revival. Uh, there's also a, my contact information is there. There's also a, uh, a link to PayPal there if you'd like to give a donation to help with our ministry. We're not underwritten by any organization, by any church. We're underwritten by the free will offerings of people who are blessed by this ministry. 
So if you would like to uh, make a donation, you can welcome, you can use PayPal, or if you'd like, if you use Zelle, just use my email address, which is also there on the homepage, my email address, Dr. Eddie Hyatt at gmail.com, D-R-E-D-D-I-E-H-Y-A-T-T at gmail.com. And I'm going to look forward to seeing you tomorrow. We're going to continue talking about revival praying.